Welcome to Because I Said So, a podcast where we amplify youth voices and use age to better understand the world around us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find us. It really, really helps others find this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey everybody, we have a very, very special guest today. Her name is Sarah. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi guys, my name is Sarah Mahinney and I am a rising sophomore at the University of the South Swanee, which is a small private liberal arts college like an hour and a half outside of Nashville. I'm also on the swim team and I'm really excited to kind of chat today about what goes on in colleges and stuff like that, specifically Swanee. Yeah, and so kind of getting into that, would you tell us like a little bit of the background about what's been happening at Suwannee specifically that you've seen um, and kind of like the way that it's been handled? Well, I kind of, the whole reason that I kind of started this conversation and kind of reached out to you to let you know what was going on at Suwannee is because I feel like no one really knows what's going on in college campuses. Mm-hmm. And so kind of how, how it started is when... We, I was in my first, like, week of college, or I think we've been there for two weeks now because at Swanee, I don't know if it's like this at other schools, the first week that you're there, you're not allowed to, like, go out. You're not allowed. You just have to be in your dorms that weekend. So I think it was the following week after the first, like, weekend we were allowed to go out is when we kind of figured out that the Swanee Police Department has to send us emails when there's, like, a threat on campus. They have to do it, like, when someone's car gets broken into and, like, anything like that happens. But the three emails that we got that week went, like, to a bunch of brand-new freshman students said that there was a threat on campus due to an incident of non-consensual sexual intercourse, which, as me and all of my friends knew, were just, like, was just rape. Yeah. And so that was all, like, super scary to me and my friends. And I just remember, since we're all, like, athletes, just reaching out to the upperclassmen girls on our team, and we're like, hey, like, does this happen, like, a lot? Is this just, like, normalized here? Because this is, like, horrifying to us. And basically, like, yeah, it happens. I mean, we get, it's usually not this many emails. We get a few a month. And I'm like, why is this normalized? Why is no one, like, upset about the fact that we've been here for two weeks and just the people that come in forward are two to three emails worth? No, exactly. I mean, I think that that's a really valid point, too, of, like, these are just the people that are coming forward and saying something. And, like, statistically, that is not that many. But also just... Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, like, the way that it's so normalized and the way that they're like, yeah, I mean, it happens. It's like, this is not something that I think any of us are, like, trained to expect. And it's really, really startling, I mean, for me, too, about to be going into college for this. And it's like you said, Sewanee's also a relatively small school. And so mm-hmm. that, it's really, really startling. And so how did things, how were things handled afterwards um, with that situation? So I would say with that situation, we we all just like I was upset about it for a few days. Like I made some kind of Instagram posts, a lot of or Snapchat posts, and a lot of like the other freshmen were also like really upset about it. Kind of trying to raise awareness for like, hey, this isn't okay. But I would say it's just so like like I said, normalized at Swanee that most of the upperclassmen weren't really like as taken aback as we were, which 
which is just worse because it's creating a culture where like this is okay like it just happens you gotta brush it off right you're like indoctrinated into like this system of just like yeah this is what you have to expect like just kind of get used to it prepare for it and uh, again like we'll talk about later places a lot of the burden on women to protect themselves exactly and then and i was just thinking about how in four years when i had like a new freshman coming up to me like concerned about the email i don't want to like gotten to a place where i'm like oh yeah i go to swanee like this happens like i feel like it would i don't know what other schools policies are but swanee isn't like the only people where this is happening but and i just don't want to get to a place where when i have a bunch of freshmen in, in three years like reaching out to me being like hey this is really alarming to us and me basically just being like well like that's how it is here sorry like there's nothing we can do about it sorry right well that also really undermines the victims too exactly um and so i wanted to ask you like what happened to the person who was like the alleged perpetrator of all of this so we have quite a few like what you would call alleged perpetrators and we kind of have turned it into like a slang term because where you go in college when you like report an incident of like SA or like anything like that it's the title IX office Mm -hmm. and so another thing at Swanee there's like a common phrase you hear about a guy is like oh he has like five title nines and I've been to the title IX office and I've spoken to the title IX office and essentially filing a title nine does not mean anything you can file a title nine on someone and if you don't move forward with it it's just it will just be there for like if i file a report on someone in in my freshman year and four years later i'm like okay i want to do something about this they will still have it but it essentially doesn't really mean anything which i think is like part of the problem i think like saying the phrase like oh i know this guy he has like five title nines against him that's basically just saying like oh i know five people that have taken like the time out of their day to report like things that he's done to them and and that's pretty pretty normal around there and it's it's obviously used as like an insult it's just kind of like swanee slang that we use and there was like a specific individual that i knew was like i i had heard like he's oh he has a bunch of title nines like but that that doesn't really like mean anything Mm. and so i like had an interaction with this male that ended up with me filing a title nine and i found out after the fact because like i like you said swanee is a very small school we're very close community that he was like in a criminal investigation which means someone had taken their title nine a step further which we all have the resources to do but just you know some women are afraid to and so i found out after the fact through like word of mouth not from like my institution that he was already like in one active case Mm. but nothing had changed in his life like at this point in time he was still or to, to this day he's still a member of like sports he was at that point a member of greek life but i just so happened to like personally know one of the members of his fraternity and i kind of like let him know like hey this is there i knew the president like this is what's going on like i don't know if you know but like there are lots of people that are made really uncomfortable by him made really upset by him like filed title nines against him and he's just still in your fraternity and after that there was a student like a student 
kicked him out of the fraternity, but under university guidelines, he is still technically a member of the fraternity, which makes it even worse. Like, it's more so when a, like, a fraternity member is kicked out before, like, a case is finished. It's just, like, a symbol. Like, they're no longer, but technically, they're still affiliated with the fraternity, which Mm -hmm. I, it's just, like, infuriating to me. Yeah. Well, did, did that president, did they know about all of those things? Like, before Um, you mention it? I, I think all the presidents, like, this is more in, like, the fraternities in general. Like, they, they all know, but it's more so, like, once it's brought to their attention and it's made very obvious that they know, that's kind of when they have to do something about it. Right. Which is also really concerning because it shows that's, like, so just brazenly performative. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, if you are not making any effort to stop this within your own social circle and you're really only doing something when some... I mean, it's kind of, like, it just it shows that they don't really care deeply and that they're more so concerned with the reputation that they have. Exactly. And it also, it just creates a culture where this behavior is kind of excused, like you said, and it's just kind of pushed under the rug. And what is the process of moving forward with the Title IX? Like, why do you feel like, I mean, besides kind of like the obvious reasons of there's so many, it's so hard for victims to really get justice in those situations, but um, infrastructurally, like, what are kind of the ways that you move forward with the Title IX? So I... I only like went to the Title IX office once and I kind of I kind of did it as like I knew another girl was like going through a case with the same guy and I was like I I was kind of adding to the voices but right. I wasn't really planning on like taking any steps further but I know that one of the first things that they present you with if you don't want to move like too many steps forward is they can have a no-contact order, which I know several people have against this specific individual. And so that's essentially, like, they will they will be notified, the, um, the perpetrator will be notified, and then basically if they agree to it and you're fine with it, you just both sign it, and it's basically, like, you can't be in my fraternity, I can't be in your fraternity. Or, like, I have a job on campus, you can't come into it, at this time, like, I'm a lifeguard, and I can be like, I don't want you coming on any of the shifts that I work, if I know that they, like, frequent the pool, and so that's, like, one of the first options that they throw out, and usually the person you're filing it against doesn't really have too much information, just like, hey, a no-contact order has been filed against you, are you okay with these terms, and if not, like, you continue to negotiate until, like, both parties are satisfied, and then, um, I think when it comes to Swanee, you, you can take two routes, you can choose one or the other, you can choose both, but I know that after you file a Title IX, you can move forward within the school and kind of have, like, a mini trial, like, you present in front of, like, a jury and rotations of people, um, you have, like, a person that speaks for you, so you don't have to talk directly to the person, and basically you go... I want to say in front of a board of like our peers and faculty and they'll come to a decision for you. And then also you can take it like criminally, like through the police, which I know is, was the circumstance of the boy. Like when I filed my title nine against him, I, I think he was going through both like within the school and within the police. Yeah. And so why do you feel like 
I mean, I, I obviously don't know how many people like knew about this criminal case, but it seems like you kind of found out about it like a little bit later. Why do you feel like it was kind of kept so quiet by the school or like why aren't some of these things like just wanting to do anything to help like the victims just wanting to do anything to help kind of spread awareness about this problem? Um, I, I would say there's definitely a whole lot of room for improvement because I, like, we have events, like, we have a women's center, we have, like, the, the Title IX office is really great, and, like, I'm a member of, like, the Sexual Assault, like, Volunteer Educators Program, like, we, they're trying, but I definitely feel like, like, they don't want it to be out as much, right. and, like, because of their reputation, I mean, we, like the school is very like prestigious very elite we pride ourselves in a number of things but i feel like it's not taken as seriously which is where a lot of the frustration like grows from like the students like especially the freshman class it was like we don't want this to become normalized and i would say also this the institution has a couple issues because um during our like sorority and fraternity like you've picked your frat or sorority and you're like going through the process you're working on getting initiated you have to go to a bunch of like seminars lectures and i'm not in greek life this year but all of my friends are so i was kind of living this situation with them mm -hmm. it's where um this was this was probably like february or march the sororities were required to go to like a meeting and i'm not exactly sure like what the logistic the meeting were but it was essentially about sexual assault awareness like um i think they had a couple speakers come up that were victims of sexual assault it was a really powerful seminar and all of the sororities were there like they were it was mandatory that they went and then either the following week or a few days later the exact same seminar was happening for the fraternities and like none of them showed up it wasn't it wasn't mandatory even though by university policy it was um i think only one of our like 13 fraternities met their like 80 percent turnout requirement which it should be 100 percent right. so and so when that happened when like the girl's picture of everyone that showed up was posted directly beside the guy's picture which was essentially an empty classroom that's when people started kind of talking more, posting more. I know we had, like, a student-led rally at that point. So, and still, I don't think any of, the, like, the institution, like, penalized any of the fraternities when everyone there was outraged. Like, yeah, at that point, it even got to the upperclassmen about, like, look at this picture, like, full of a room of girls all in a sorority at their mandatory meeting versus look at the 12 guys that have actually showed up to this also mandatory meeting, oh but they're a fraternity. Right, and it's like, and this is definitely not to undermine male victims of sexual assault, but obviously, just statistically, it's so much more frequent to women, and it kind of goes into like what we we're going to talk about, about the way that the burden is placed on women to protect themselves from these kind of just things that are going to happen that we have to expect to happen and so I wanted to know from you kind of what are some of the things that you feel like you're expected to have to do to protect yourself or that like you kind of have just had to learn yeah yeah definitely um so I would say this this kind of just like sums up like a lot of it and how 
how almost kind of sad the situation is. So there's a term that me and almost every girl that I know would like understand is like when we're talking about a guy, like either a guy that we like, a guy that we're friends with, a guy that we don't like. A phrase that I I've used and I've heard a lot of like other girls use is like, oh, don't worry, like I would let him hold my drink, which is just like a very casual phrase. But it has, like, such a bigger meaning behind it. It's, like, when I'm talking about how trustworthy or, like, good one of my male friends is, I would say, like, I would just be, like, oh, don't worry. Like, he, he can hold my drink. Like, I like I trust him is basically what that means. And I would feel like that's, like, a big one, especially with me and my friends, is, like, we'll go to the bathroom and or we'll, like, go to, um, like, just even one of our friends' dorms. And it's, like, we accidentally set down our drink for, like, a minute and we have to throw it away. And I know, like, there's a chance that, like, our drinks are completely fine, but it's, like, that's just so, it's it's almost like procedure. Like, women are expected to, like, keep their drinks with them, stay with a group of people. Like, at Swanee, they even tell us, like, don't walk, don't walk home by yourself. Like, instead, create an environment where we can walk home by ourselves, right, you know? exactly, exactly. And it's, it's just, I mean, there's so many things that I think about, like, even outside of just the college environment that, like, women are expected to do. It's, like, almost every girl that I know has, like, some sort of, like, pepper spray or something with them. Exactly. Like, and, like, all of these things, like, parking garages, just, like, being so vigilant, hyper-vigilant all the time. And I think it's really interesting that it feels like since it hasn't been endorsed by the institution or really, like, acknowledged in a meaningful way that it's kind of created this, like, almost underground railroad-esque culture of, like, having to kind of talk through each other and made, like, be made aware through one another of kind of, like, what's going on, like, who's safe, who isn't, all of these different things. And, I mean, I'm still just, like, taken aback by the situation with the um, seminar. I mean, it's just, I think that in that situation, it feels like kind of by the fact that the institution isn't acknowledging it and isn't punishing it and isn't really taking care of an issue that is so prevalent on the campus that in some ways I know that it's not like an active endorsement but in some ways due to the like the passivity of it it feels like you're just kind of endorsing it and we're at least telling them that this is okay Mm -hmm. and I think that that's really really scary and also, I wanted to ask you kind of like what we were talking about about with Greek life, about how it's so prevalent in there. Because I think that Greek life, if you're not in it, um, I mean, I know so many people are, but like I think that there's also kind of like this mystery around it. And I know that like <laughs> there's just a lot of questions that I think people have. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that? I would say that I, do, I will admit that like how Greek life handles it is like really differs by fraternity. Mm-hmm. But I would I would say the seminar shows that there's, like, a problem, like, in, like, deeply rooted in it, because, like, right. there's fraternities that, like, within my school that are, like, oh, like, everyone that had a Title Nine or, like, was suspected to have, like, a Title Nine, like, we kicked them out, like, and I mean, like, good for you, but, like, that's not, like, they, they definitely try and make people aware, like, oh, we just kicked out someone that, like, allegedly had a Title Nine, and, like, that feels, like, very performative right. to me. It's like, trying to and save it, the reputation. Yes, exactly. It's, like, if you really cared about those things, you would send your pledge class to an event where they can learn about it. Right. Like, I would say that 
that like the whole idea of Greek life has that brotherhood mentality. And I would say even more so like it's within sports teams as well. And it's, it's just so frustrating because I'll know like members of fraternity that know people that have like have alleged title nines have like, have like actively done something to someone on campus. And they'll usually just like keep it in the fraternity or be like, there's nothing that I can do. And it just, it just like, it's a never ending cycle, which is so frustrating as like a girl who like, if I would have chosen to be in a sorority, I would have been at this mandated like meeting. And it's it's kind of like oh well y'all didn't make it for y'all and there's actually no like reprimanding for the fact that this this was like super important and all the sororities were there you know right and i think that that also it makes it hard even just to fully trust like those people that are their friends like when they have like that brotherhood that kind of do you feel like that kind of breeds like a little bit of like a secrecy or like a little bit of um yeah, I guess secrecy might be a good word in terms of, like, within the fraternity or within those sports teams where they're kind of not willing to speak out against each other, not only because of, like, this quote-unquote bond, but also, like, for fear of retaliation from the other people in the brotherhood. Yeah, definitely. I would say, I would say, like, I know, I had, like, known of some people that have, like, had things, like, uh, filed against them, and I remember there was, like, this one specific, like, friend group where I had, like, made assumptions about one of, like, everyone in the friend group based off of what I had heard about just one guy. And I was talking to to him, like, more and more, the friend, and I was like, do you know, like, all the stuff that's going on with your other friend? And he's like, yeah, I know, like, like, I know that a lot of girls, like, don't really like him, but, like, we're on XYZ team together, and we're, like, pledge brothers, so, like, we kind of gotta be friends with them, and, like, and I'm just like, no, you don't. Right. And it was just like an admission of the fact that he knew what, like, that this male had Title IX filed against them, that, like, he had been causing a lot of girls to be uncomfortable. But, like, they're, they're teammates and they're pledge brothers. So it's like, they, they kind of brush it, brush it away, I guess. Right. And that's just so frustrating. Right. It's like, why does your comfortability matter more than all of these women's? Like, that is like what do you feel like that tells you as like a woman like when you hear that friend that you were kind of like making say that like what does that tell you it's just like it it shows how it this issue is is like greatly affecting the people that are affected by it which is like statistically more women and like with the birth based on when more and guys are like Basically, guys that it hasn't happened to are like, it's not my problem, and I'm not going to do anything to help, like, these women whose problem it is. And that's just so frustrating, because if if we had more support, then maybe it could actually be changed. Like, if a fraternity really legitimately started holding their pledge class, or even their active members, like, accountable, it could start leading to some actual change instead of student-led rallies every now and then when we get upset about the number of emails that we have like there's so more steps that need to happen for it not to be so deeply rooted within fraternities or sports teams that like this is okay right it's like if if all of you were to stop being friends with that person when something like that happened and you were made aware that like they had done something then (laughs) that issue would become 
one, less normalized, two, less prevalent, because they would stop believing that it's okay. Like, if there's no punishment, whether that's social or institutional, then they're just, they're going to believe it's okay. So, like, if all Uh of them were to actually take that action, like, as their friends, to be able to be like, hey, this isn't okay, like, we're not going to be friends with you after you've done something like this, then, like, it would change. I think it's really kind of selfish to believe that they can just keep doing what they're doing because it's an easier thing for them not to have to bring it up when it's not an easy thing like you were mentioned earlier to have to go to the title nine office to take time out of your day to talk about this thing that is traumatic and that you don't want to have to talk about it's like exactly just putting more of that burden on the victim again and what aspects of like greek life culture do you feel like kind of perpetuate this because i know that there's a lot of like stereotypes about like toxic toxic masculinity and like objectification of women and just like a lot of superficiality but like I was just curious from your perspective what things do you kind of think perpetuate it I would say that like the main thing that kind of causes all of it is especially within our fraternities what what goes on during pledgeship and this is every single frat across the country is private like what the pledges have to do in order to get initiated is kind of like the deep dark secrets within fraternities and it's like no one else really knows like oh this specific fraternity had to do this like it's they're all basically sworn to secrecy about what they have to go through just to get into the fraternity which creates an atmosphere where secrets aren't really a problem and like if it's just like within the fraternity we can keep it in or like like we already had to keep so many things private we already share this bond together no one knows about what we went through so like let's just kind of keep this between us like if for like instances of sexual assault or like they know that their pledge brother has potentially done something but it's kind of like it's kind of like we're in this together so let's let's not like socially outcast someone like let's not actually like make some moves towards steps of like this not being normalized in our frat Right. And it's like, and I do definitely want to acknowledge that there are some cases where there are false allegations, but I think that like, and just to be clear to everyone like listening, we're pretty much talking about cases that are just exclusively like when something has happened and it's pretty clear. Exactly. That yes. happened. Uh, but it's also, I mean, part of me wonders if there's kind of like that culture of secrecy also in the sense that like, if one person speaks out about what this other person's done, that like that other person already has so many secrets of theirs so it's kind of like a little bit of like a blackmailish thing um within it but like also just like just that social pressure I mean I think that like in the movies when you see like fraternities and is well especially fraternities but fraternities and sororities there's kind of like that pressure on like especially new members pledges to like you know just conform and kind of just feed into the culture and so I think that you don't want to have those people turn against you you will do anything to earn their trust to feel like you fit in Mm -hmm. because that's kind of like that's the way that like we're wired we want that social connection but I think that it kind of creates a dangerous culture where you already am pledging like I think that you're expected to do a lot of things that are like weird or uncomfortable and then maybe like are like kind of like interesting things I mean I know there's like anti-hazing stuff but there's still some questionable things that I'm sure people do um Definitely. but it kind of creates this like culture where you have to deal with the uncomfortable things and I, I don't know it's just it feels really dangerous and see kind of going off that I would like to like also acknowledge how 
the social like aspect like you were saying that they have to like uphold their like social connections within the fraternity but i also feel like the social like idea is another reason why kind of like women allow it to happen is because i remember when i went through my circumstance that like i should have that resulted in me filing a title nine that i went to my guy friends who are also in a fraternity and i basically told them what happened and they were like 30 30 seconds into that whole interaction you had the right to just like literally strike him because of what he did but for me in my head i was like i've got to be nice i don't want someone i don't want this guy going around saying like oh this girl's a bitch like listen to what this girl did to me like and i know like and i knew deep down because i'm one of those people that like is always like if you're ever uncomfortable just leave like you don't have to be nice or i wasn't taking my own advice and just thinking about okay i'm a freshman like i still have three years ahead of me like i don't want this like reputation of me being like a terrible person getting around when i was actually like like being assaulted like you get what i'm saying right no and it's also like i mean even i feel like that's why some people don't end up doing anything else with the title nines it's because like you don't want this to become your like story and that people like see you on campus and like that's the girl who's like blah 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 and it's like it it becomes like so toxic i completely understand what you mean like you don't want to be known as the one who's like a prude or who's like blah 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 blah. and it's like there's all these different things but it's like god and it can be so hard because I think clearly through both of us having this conversation like you can tell that we are both strong women who like to speak out about these things and who are not okay with this but it's like that can even happen to us where it's like there's that questioning of all of that and so I think that it becomes hard because then you're like what have we done to create this culture where there's like there's this intense I mean because it's I think it goes back to also like the difference in like the way that we view sexuality with women and men and how like if a woman sleeps with multiple partners and they're kind of viewed as promiscuous or slutty but how if a man does it it's a very kind of like different like we wouldn't use those words like we would kind of exactly more as like a flirt or like something like that and I think it kind of goes back to all of that and how we have to be so much more concerned especially when it comes to things like that about reputation and things like that and about how it can just be so much harder because even when you are being assaulted and you've said no and there's all of these things you have to still kind of be concerned with your reputation and what they're going to say about you Mm -hmm, exactly this really really complex and nuanced situation um and I'm sure that like some women even probably don't come forward because even though they were uncomfortable and even though they maybe didn't explicitly consent they were like I don't know if I said no like loud enough I don't know if I was like harsh enough because I just wanted to kind of blah 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 or like there's some women Mm -hmm. that probably just went along with it and so it's like there's just such a prevalence of like this dangerous submissive-esque culture I think exactly and like I for my situation at least like I remember like explaining it like telling about it to my friends and like them saying like like something happened like whether or not like you want to admit it like like that wasn't right what he did and I was kind of at the point where I was like I was just trying to be nice like I don't like I don't even know and they're like definitely you had you had the right to feel uncomfortable like you had the right to just like like to be a bitch and like also for me and my like circumstance I saw the boy the next day 
like at a different fraternity event and i don't think he had any like recollection of the interaction when the night before like i had to like leave a fraternity like escorted by my friends and this guy had no idea he was completely oblivious to it right which is concerning too because you're like okay how many other times does something like this happen but it's exactly also, I mean, it's it's i think a lot of times when stuff like that happens or any sort of like assault there's also even no matter how intense it is there's always a fear of speaking out too because you don't want to be seen as dramatic or who like anything like that and uh, it's scary because but I'm really proud of you for speaking out in this sense because I know you felt kind of like a duty to do it but it can be very scary because like you said it's like you don't want to be labeled as any of these things or just seen as like this one aspect exactly and like I remember when I went to the title nine office because I went with the another girl who was like in an investigation with the same person as well and i i basically just went to her and i was like i just wanted to follow this title nine like it's it's bringing me a lot of peace but i'm not going to go forward with it and we kind of talked for a while me and um our title nine coordinator and she was like if you don't mind me asking like why aren't you moving forward with this? And I, and I answered, honestly, I was like, I don't think I have, like, enough. Like, I feel like people are going to be like, you you don't have enough for a Title IX case. And she looked at me and she was like, from just me skimming your report, I'm confident you have enough. And so that just goes off the idea of me not wanting to be labeled as, like, dramatic or, like, just trying to get someone in trouble is I even had it in my head that I didn't have enough to actually make a case or anything like that. Right. And that it's it's really, really scary. And that's why I wish, honestly, I mean, even with the process of Title Nines in general, um, that there was more education about it and that there was more education about like what kind of qualifies as like a substantial case and all of that, because I think that there would be more people who came forward if they knew that. And also, I mean, kind of this just kind of came into my mind when we were talking. And I know that it's very prevalent in sororities and fraternities. But why do you feel like the seminar was just for them like is there has there been more discussion has there been other talks that have been for just the whole student body in general too because I think that it's also like important to acknowledge that while this is a big and very prevalent issue within those groups that it's not just in those groups too and that like a lot of people go to those parties who aren't in sororities and fraternities too exactly and I think I think that I mean, we do have conversations that are open to the whole student body. And I know that there was, like, one or two talks, like, during pledgeship when the, like, sororities and fraternities were having to go to all these seminars, that there were some that were open to everyone on campus. But I I think that it just kind of shows that, like, the institutions know in the back of their mind that it's it, Greek life is a problem when it comes to sexual assault. And so they kind of attempt to mandate it for them which is just it kind of admits that they have knowledge of how bad the situation is without like actually saying it if you get what I'm saying right and I mean kind of feeding off of that a little bit like how do you feel like Suwanee and other institutions can move forward to kind of like resolve this I mean one of the first things that came to my mind was like actually instituting a punishment for those fraternities not showing up to that required thing but what do you feel would be helpful that was just it was just that should have been taken care of immediately after it happened especially like with social media it's just so easy to do something it's just so easy to do something in that situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like there was there was proof of it like almost 
every girl I know screenshotted the picture of the empty seminar room. Right. And it's so everyone saw it and there there weren't any further steps taken. Like the fraternities didn't have their their pledges show up and then oh well that's that's what happened, you know? And it's just so infuriating because like if if the institutions or all institutions across the country started actually reprimanding their fraternities and sororities when stuff like that happens, it it could lead towards steps for change. And and I get it if they're like, we can't just like get mad at them because they didn't show up at this one seminar about sexual assault. Okay, we'll get mad at them if they don't show up about safely drinking or hazing. Like like these are all all these meetings and seminars and things that they have to go to are used to like pr- promote a safe environment for Greek life. And all of those should be mandatory. Like sexual assault isn't the only issue within Greek life. Right. So if they say they can't like prioritize and be like, we can't just get mad that they didn't go to this one meeting. Well, make make it a bigger deal if they don't go to any of them, you know? Right. Or it's like I'm, there are small things that you can do for not showing up to that one thing, especially since it's so prevalent. Like, you don't have to, like, you know, shut down the fraternity, but you there's small ways, even if it's, like, a little fine or something like that, that you can reprimand. Like, I, it's just, it's really shocking to me that nothing was done because then it just shows them that they cannot show up in the future, too. And it's like, okay, why? Like, um, and I also wanted to, I mean, well, firstly, I guess, do you have, like, other things that you feel like would be helpful at the institution that would kind of like help create a safer culture for um I would say I would say especially after this past year that Swanee is understanding that like we're upset like we're really upset Mm -hmm. and I know for me personally like being on the save team which is the program I mentioned earlier like I know that I'm gonna be giving a talk next semester about like I, I know that I'm leading a, like, teaching consent seminar just within, like, fraternities. Like, there will be a separate, like, seminar for the sororities. And I think that it's more just, like, having, like, individualized conversations about, like, the culture that we're in. Because I remember when I was creating my proposal for, like, hey, this is an event I want to do next year, I specifically said I want to give this talk 13 times if I have to talking to each fraternity just the fraternity and I feel like like and obviously Swanee wants to do more things like that but having students who are willing to take time out of their lives to start facilitating change is really important because because it's like if they just have one like two hour long seminar with every single member of every single fraternity that's just going to drone on without creating an environment where like these people can like learn to understand what we're going through and like how to prevent it and how to create change then then like nothing's gonna happen in a two-hour mandated seminar you know exactly yeah and I kind of like our final question to wrap up what do you think that you would say to anyone who is going into college or who is in college who wants to kind of like create a safer culture at their school what do you think that they can do to make change um I think that's a really good question because I kind of went like I was kind of struggling with that question myself because I'm like my mom is the director of a child advocacy center that's where kids go after they've been physically and sexually abused like this is a topic that I'm 
very knowledgeable on and very like passionate about and you don't even have to be like that or have like previous like ideas about how to create change but i i came into college being like this is something i know and if need be this is something i want to like help change and create a new environment for and so that's and finally when i got to like second semester and these things were still just happening i started reaching out to all of my teachers i was like hey like here here's what i have done here's what i care about like is there any kind of like group or resource or something I can be a part of to help like create a better environment for our school and so I just know at Swanee like all our community is very close I had a bunch of professors being like hey here's something you can do reach out to the title nine office and it doesn't even have to be something that large that's just kind of the route that I wanted to take but it's just like um I would say it's a big thing is holding people accountable. Like I have a really great group of guy friends, but I know that if one of them did something that I, that it would immediately be, I'm not their friend anymore. Like I know I have my best friends, but it's like, if, if people are still getting away with things and institutions haven't caught up on reprimanding you, then that's when you have to take like yourself and start realizing like, I need to do something about this. And if it means not talking to them, not being their friend, like that's, that's the step I'm going to have to take or no one else will, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, I want to say thank you so, so much for having this conversation because I really think that it's so very important and I'm really humbled and inspired by the way that you have chosen to speak out because I think that this is something that a lot of people are kind of afraid to talk about and it can become Mm -hmm. a little bit taboo. So I just want to say thank you so, so much. And thank you so much for having me like this. This is like such a passionate like, like topic for me. And like, just the way that you like, flow through the conversation, like it was it was really amazing. Like, so thank you so much.